As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live, small group, cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training, kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway, in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Bench is an online bookkeeping service that provides you with tax-ready financial statements from professional bookkeepers. It's everything you need to forget about your bookkeeping without actually forgetting about your bookkeeping. Go to www.bench.co forward slash rocket ship to save 20% off your first six months. Welcome to the Rocket Ship Podcast. I'm Michael Saka. I'm Matt Goldman. And I'm Joelle Goldman. Today we had Steli Efti back on the podcast. He's the founder of Close.io and one of the hosts of the Startup Chat podcast. Fantastic episode. Curious what you guys thought. Yeah, we talked about the emotional side of being an, an entrepreneur and how there's a big difference between dedication and attachment. He talks about how to overcome the obstacles that you come across day to day and how to really thrive even when things aren't going great. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so much relevant um, information here for people doing sales, um, all the way to just founders who are struggling through kind of the emotional turmoil of building a business. And Steli's got some great advice on how to handle it. And also, just in case you have kids in the car, you don't want to hear it, there's a couple F-bombs in this episode. Um, So be warned. Let's get into it. Alex Bloomberg is a master storyteller. You probably know him from This American Life or his other podcast, Startup. He's offering a course on Creative Live all about how to tell a great story. And we've got a sneak peek for you right here. Anyone can benefit from learning to tell better audio stories, whether you're a reporter on the radio or you're an entrepreneur trying to tell an effective story about your business. Maybe you just have a job where you need to communicate effectively to large groups of people. Anybody can benefit from learning to tell a better story. In this workshop, what I'm doing is sort of unpacking what exactly is a story, how can you be effective in telling stories, and how can you lay them out in a way that they get maximum impact to your audience. Go to creativelive.com forward slash rocketship to save 30% off this course and others. All right, so Steli, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we're incredibly excited. Um, so, okay, so you are are doing close.io, uh, so you have to give us kind of the the quick pitch for that, for those that aren't familiar with your work there. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, close.io, what it is, it's a... It's sales software. It's a CRM that's very focused on inside sales. So if you're selling primarily through the phone and email, uh, we've built the best CRM in the world for that. Uh, and so we have calling integrated uh, right out of the box. So you can call people and receive calls right out of the CRM. Uh, email is incredibly tightly integrated and a, a bunch of other things that, that ultimately lead to the, to the effect that salespeople spend less time doing manual data entry and more time selling. So they have a, you know, they're happy at work. They close more deals, drive more revenue. And because the software is keeping track of all the data and all the activity, you have a lot more data and a lot more accurate data from a kind of high-level business perspective. So we have thousands and thousands of customers around the world. Uh, we're highly profitable, growing really, really fast, uh, and we're loving what we do. And we serve primarily kind of an, a very entrepreneurial uh, customer base. Very nice. And you're also doing a podcast with Heaton Shaw. Um, the one and only. Yeah, I don't think you guys had started yet. So catch us up on on what that looks like. Yes. So uh, yes, we, I do a uh, bi-weekly podcast with, uh, with Heaton Shaw. So we, we released uh, 20-minute episodes on Tuesdays, every Tuesday and every Friday. Um, and it's called The Startup Chat. Uh, and you can find it if you go to thestartupchat.com. You can find the episodes there and you can subscribe to it. So, uh, yeah, that, that's kind of a crazy story. I met Heaton at a few conferences where we were uh, panelists together and speaking. And um, at uh, this year's MicroConf conference in Vegas, we just hung out for two days and we're just inseparable like twins. Uh, and we were giving advice to people together. We were joking together. We were having such an insanely good time. We just, we had a real bromance going on <laughs> that, uh, that afterwards we, we grabbed a coffee a week or two later and, and I had this idea of doing a podcast for a really long time. I didn't want to do one by myself. Um, I didn't know if I would be great interviewing others. So, it just kind of felt right. And I proposed uh, to him right at the coffee shop, hey, would you be interested in doing a podcast with me? And Heaton said, sure, sure, whatever the fuck you want, Steli. And I was like, all right, let's record one right now. And pulled out my laptop and had like an old, old little shady microphone. 
And I said, what should we call it? And what should it be about? And he was like, well, let's just record that discussion. So we have a podcast about what kind of a podcast we want to do. And that's how it got started. Um, today, I think what we mainly is we, we talk, um, I think, about once a week. The Tuesday episodes usually are highly tactical. How to write outbound cold emails. How to set up uh, your content marketing machine. How to, you know, wh- whatever it is, like how to raise money. Like super tactical stuff. And then on Fridays, we talk about kind of a really unusual topics, things like how the death of our parents have, has affected us as entrepreneurs, what our children have taught us about entrepreneurship and business, mm-hmm. like just super out there things um, that we haven't seen people discuss and we're interested in each other's thoughts. And um, there's a whole community on Facebook around the Startup Chat podcast. So it's, it's been kind of a, a crazy thing that came out of out of a wimp, out of just friendship and saying, hey, let's just sit together once a week, grab a coffee and, and chit-chat. And uh, we don't know what the fuck we're doing and where this is going to be going, but people seem to be enjoying it, so we're going to keep doing it. It's awesome. Yeah, and it's that's how some of the best things happen. And kind of on that topic of your Friday shows, we wanted to talk uh, today a little bit about the emotional side of entrepreneurism and even selling. Um, and you had some some kind of, I guess tips and and things to discuss that help people when they get depressed or down or kind of in a funk, um, which is just a natural part of this cycle um, that we all experience. Yeah, I find that, you know, I find that I heard this, I don't know who said this quote, but I heard this quote uh, many years ago that business is really simple. It's people that make it complicated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and I do think that that's Probably true not just for business. Life is actually pretty simple. It's just humans that make it messy <laughs> and complicated. And when you look at humans, um, it's not the it's the, what makes it messy is the emotional side of humans, right? It's also what makes it beautiful at times, mm. you know. Yeah. Uh, but it's also what makes it so complicated, so difficult, and so challenging. So I think that um, entrepreneurship and, and startups at, at large are such a and, and sales. Sales is very related in entrepreneurship in the way that it is a wild roller coaster ride. You're kind of putting yourself out there every single day and you will get rejected and you will experience failure. There's no way around it, no matter how great you are at it. So you have to deal with the emotional side of the roller coaster at a much higher degree than many other people in other professions and environments. So I think mastering your own emotions is a key to success in life, but, but also very directly a key to success in, in startups and sales. And it's been the number one reason why I struggled in the past or why I think I didn't live up to my full potential for the vast majority of my entrepreneurial journey. Um, so so I, find this, I find this a common theme. Every time I talk about the emotional struggle of sales and the emotional struggle of entrepreneurship, I just see like heads nodding like, you know, extensively totally. go, people go, yes, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. So I find that this is, this is a, a very core human experience that I think we all share. So talking about it and how to overcome it, how to manage it, how to deal with it, um, I find cathartic for myself and, and, and sometimes people tell me it's useful to them. So as entrepreneurs, we're naturally just very emotionally connected to what it is we're working on, um, which is you know, I think a very key piece of being successful. Um, yeah. When it comes to sales, 
I see that too. I see being emotionally attached and involved as a positive, but also a negative. And I'm curious how you see it. And if you were kind of training a new salesperson, would you steer them to be more or less emotionally involved in the act of selling? Yes, it's such a beautiful question. This is a question I've struggled uh, with for many years because I've struggled with uh, two concepts. One being this image of this obsessed founder, the Steve Jobs-like figure that just is obsessed and, and is like just overly invested in his or her baby and she's like all out passionate and like all in and all that. Like I love that image. And on the other hand, I, I very much subscribe to kind of the Buddhist philosophy of not attachment and that attachment leads to resistance and resistance in a world and in a universe of ever evolving and ever changing uh, things leads to suffering. Like, so I struggled with these two. I was like, how the, how am, either I'm going to be detached from things or I'm going to be attached and passionate. Like, how do I, how do I, console these two opposing concepts that both make sense to me with each other. Right, like where's that Um, balance? Where's that balance? And I just recently, I think, at least in my mind, came to a place of, like I found a place that I I can kind of make peace with those two sides of the coin. And that is that I think that in sales as well as in entrepreneurship, you want to be dedicated but not attached. And there's a big difference between dedication and attachment. I think dedication means that you're all in, you're 100% giving everything you have to make something happen, but you still realize that there is, that whatever it is that you're working on, whatever it is that you're doing is not you. It's not what defines who you are. It's not part of your personality. It's not, you know, in essence, your self-worth. I think dedication is like you're fully dedicated to something that's, that is necessary in sales to be successful. But the moment you make that one slight kind of movement further forward, you're now attached to something. And attachment means that you have literally zero distance between the thing, the deal, the product, the customer, the business, and yourself. So it means that you are identifying yourself with it. So now if it if the thing doesn't work out, it means you haven't worked out. If the business or the deal dies, it means a part of you is dying. And attachment leads to clinging and it leads to resistance and it leads to a lot of emotions that are not helping you perform at your best. So that's kind of my distinction. I don't know if it makes sense to everybody else out there, but but I, I think that you need to be dedicated, but you can't be attached. If you're atta- Attachment really doesn't lead to a lot of good things, I've found. And this is something that seems like it has to hold true across the whole team. So when you're interviewing people, are you trying to see if they if they've been enlightened or is this part of getting started at close where you just learn that, you know, if something you're working on doesn't succeed, that's not a reflection on you and you can't be attached to that. You have to be okay with, um, with change. Yeah. So, so that's a beautiful question. I think that, so we're not looking for enlightened beings. I, I don't think I'm enlightened by any stretch of the imagination, but we're looking for people that are, that self-awareness is a better, a better description. And we're looking for people that are definitely interested, curious, and flirting with the idea of enlightenment, right? So people that are leaning into that versus uh, trying to run away from it. So the, the way that we discuss this, it, it, when I talk to candidates for the company, uh, the way that I describe this is that I say, 
we're looking for people that have strong ideas and hold them loosely. And what that means is we want people that have strong opinions, that are dedicated to things, that are going to speak up, that are going to go all in on something. But if it doesn't work out or if we can't get to an agreement or if there's some friction along the line, then you're not attached to these things and you can let them go. So that means that if I pitch a, a big idea and the entire team is like, ah, seems stupid, my first reaction is like, really? You guys don't love it as much as me? My next reaction is, let me try this other angle to pitch you guys. And I do another angle and I do another like passionate pitch about this new idea. And then I look at, face, at the faces of my teammates and they go, nah, still not really buying that this is a good idea. My next reaction in my mind is not, these people don't get it. I'm, gonna, and I'm not trying for a third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh attempt in that medium or that conversation. My next thought literally is, wow, this is so surprising. Let me put this to rest for a day or two and let's see if by Friday I still feel passionate about it. And if so, I'll make a reattempt at this. Right. And many times in conversations, when there's not a clear owner that has responsibility and ultimate decision making over a certain area in the business, and we have an argument and we can't get to an agreement, sooner or later, somebody in our team will go, oh, fuck it. Let's just go with your approach, generate some results, and then see if the results are good, we'll keep going with it. If not, we can kind of come back to this conversation. Like we're just people that are dedicated to the ideas, but not attached to them. And we're looking for people that are that want to argue for the best idea, that want to argue and really push for things. But if they don't work out, they're not crying. They're not feeling like they have personally been attacked. They're not irrationally attached to that, clinging on it, not letting it go. Um, and it's a fine line. So it has to do with ego. It has to do with self-awareness. So we, we definitely look for these kind of things. When I give you negative feedback as a salesperson, how do you react to that? If I give you a really hard time on a mock sales conversation, how do you deal with that? If I give you positive as well as negative feedback, how do you react to both of these? And um, that kind of gives us a clue if this is somebody that's going to be able to learn and adapt to our philosophy of doing things. But usually people don't join here already kind of perfect human beings that know this already. When you're, I mean, kind of going a step further, even um, when you're on the receiving end of, you know, maybe a bad piece of feedback or a client who just said, now I'm going with a competitor, how do you kind of get out of that mindset of negativity? Well, first of all, my very first reaction is always, ugh, it sucks. <laughs> it always, like, yeah. I don't enjoy, people think, because they, you know, see me on stage and because they get a little glimpse of my parts of my personality, they think I just kick in every door in every building and every room I need to walk <laughs> into and just shout at people and close deals and break. Like, no, like I too don't enjoy being rejected. I too have an ego. I too don't want to fail. Like, I, uh, so when somebody rejects me, it always sucks a little bit. Mm. It, I always cringe a bit and go, uh, that hurt my ego a little bit. But, over time, and we were talking about me coming from kickboxing class just before yeah, this podcast, yeah. over time, you're getting used to being punched in the face, right? And over time, <laughs> you get comfortable with that. And, and my resistance level is just uh, much better today than it used to be five years ago, 10 years ago, and, uh, that, and it's much above what probably is perceived to be the average. So people perceive that I don't care about being rejected, but I do. So what I've learned is that when I, when I go for something today that I'm a little afraid of or where I think, oh, chances are pretty high that I'm going to get rejected or the person I'm asking for something I highly respect, when I put myself out there today, 
and I get re- even before I get rejected, I do hesitate for a second. Mm. But to me, what I've learned over many, many years of doing this is that that hesitation, that little adrenaline rush and that little like emotional fear that rises in my body, that to me is the signal to go. When I get that, I go, holy shit, this is what I need to do. To me, fear is the signal. Hesitation is the signal. Um, you know, uh, th- that, that feeling to me points to this is what I need to do. Like this is where this is clearly something outside my comfort zone. So it's clearly the next best thing to do. So when I take that step and then it manifests itself and people actually or somebody actually telling me, no, thanks, bro, but I don't want to do this for you. We're not going to buy whatever it is. It hurts for a millisecond, right? But, but what I've learned is, you know, 10 years ago, it might have hurt for a week. I might have carried that pain with me and even went through the, I think that we as humans will learn this irrational, like we've all learned to make this little, take a rejection and make it even bigger in our minds. Just like relive it and relive it and relive it and just make it huge. Um, and, and today, um, it stings for a moment. I go, oh, this sucks. This doesn't feel good. And then I take a deep breath and I go, all right, fuck it. Let's just keep moving. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and that's what it is. And, and, you know, there's more dramatic things in my life and less dramatic things. You know, so I, I'm not going to say there's personal things that might, I might carry with me for a whole day, you know, mm-hmm. of, of feeling shitty about it. But I've learned to just build resistance about it. You, uh, you've developed this sense of resilience over time. Uh, you said, you know, things now won't affect you like they did 10 years ago. Yeah. If you have some younger people on your team and you see them struggling with their resiliency, how would you help them get to that point without, you know, waiting it out 10 years? Yeah. The, the, yeah. The, the, the advice, oh, just work on this for a decade and get better. It's just not very encouraging. <laughs> It is not, although it's although it is a very good piece of advice to almost anything in life, but it's <laughs> just not very encouraging advice. So you're right. Um, what would I tell somebody like that? So so there's um, something very tactical I just learned over the last three years that that's been a huge help to me, and I think this is something. I don't know if it's helpful to everybody, but I'll, I'll share it. And this is, you know, when, when I feel bad today, if I wake up and I feel depressed, or if if I feel rejected, or if I feel fearful, whatever it is. I've lear- I used to try to fight that emotion. I used to try to reject the emotion. I used to feel slightly guilty that I feel that way. Um, and then I, 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 I typically what I would do is I feel bad about something and I would try to um, fight it. I would find that I couldn't instantly fight it off. And then I would look for... Um, distractions. So I, you know, watch a YouTube video or read a blog post or just try to, to, to distract myself from it. But still the feeling would maintain. And then usually that feeling would carry into me canceling my next meeting or my next call or not sending this email that I had to send or not just being inactive, right? Not taking action about things because I felt so bad about, about everything. And because I was not active or because I canceled that next meeting, I would feel even worse. And then that would, that little bad moment would spiral out of control into a bad hour, a bad day, sometimes into a bad week. And that was just killing me, killing me. So today what I do, I've learned that um, I can't fight that emotion. I need to embrace it. And I heard this quote once, and I don't know why it was so profound to me. And I've heard it multiple times before, but it's that the difference between the coward and the hero is not that the coward is afraid and the hero isn't. They are both afraid. 
the hero, she acts despite her fear while the coward is being stopped by it. And when I heard that for, I don't know, the 10th time, something clicked inside my head and I went, when I feel bad or depressed or fearful, I don't need to fight that feeling. I just need to find a way to take action despite it. So I've developed this little internal mantra when I feel really bad. Let's say I feel really shitty and I'm like, oh, I have a podcast interview. I'm not going to do a good job. I just feel depressed because today was such a bad day. Let me reschedule this podcast interview. I have a little voice in my mind that goes, a little mantra that goes, well, you feel bad about it. Fuck it. Do it anyways. And then I go, well, but I'm going to do a really bad job at it. And the voice goes, then do a fucking bad job at it, but do it anyways. Well, but da, 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 da. I have this inner dialogue, this you know, angel and devil or whatever you want to call it. And the, 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 the mantra is just, fuck it. Do it anyways. Yeah, do a bad job at it. Do the worst podcast interview in your life. Just go and do it. And what that's done to me, I don't know why, it's, it's allowed me when I feel bad to still take action. I'm not, a, I'm not stopped by that. And usually because I take action, I feel better about myself. And then mm-hmm. I go, holy shit, what else can I do? And usually these ba- – so I go from feeling horrible to doing something that took a little courage or took discipline. And then I feel good about that. And then I do something else that I feel good about. And then that bad moment turns into a great hour, a great day, sometimes into my best weeks. And that, that – what I call emotional alchemy, taking shit and turning into gold, like emotional shit and turning into gold. That little like exercise in my mind has had the biggest, has made the biggest difference in my ability to control my emotions and my ability to be consistent. For the last three years, for the first time in my entrepreneurial journey, I've been an entrepreneur for, I don't know, 10, 15, whatever years, my whole life basically. Uh, I, for the first time in the last few years, I've been consistent every week. I've never had a week where I didn't do anything. Or I was totally depressed or totally unproductive. And that was the, the, that, that's kind of that little exercise has made a massive difference. The other thing that I'll, uh, I'll share with the time for like young people, because I just recently had a, a conversation with an intern in our company and, uh, and, and she was like, how, what is the secret to confidence in life? Right? We had a big conversation about confidence. And my belief is that the secret to true confidence is, and, and confidence, if we, a reframed way of looking at it is, is, uh, is emotional stability, mm-hmm. is success and failure. Like if you have only success in life, you have confidence, but it's very shallow. Like if you get rocked a little bit, if you get a little resistance, that confidence, it didn't have a great foundation. It's going to crumble and crash instantly because you've never had to encounter any, uh, any adversity. But if you only experience failure, if you only experience hardship, you have a massive foundation, but there was no building that was built on it. So if you have an only failure, you have no confidence as well. You only know, you only know what's not going to work. So the, 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 the key to, to real confidence and real emotional stability is to experience both success and failure in a healthy dose of both of them so that you know you can overcome adversity and you know you can generate success. And it kind of builds a different level, a different kind of, uh, of confidence that has real depth. So for young people, what you need to do is you need to go out there and do things well and, and collect evidence that you can generate success and that you can do well. And you need to keep pushing yourself out there in situations where you fail and collect that. that how, do, how did I deal with it when I had to deal with adversity? How did I overcome challenges? And collect that kind of evidence that's going to build kind of a very deep and in-depth character. And, and if you do both, um, you're going to get better and better at it. Yeah, it sounds like low-hanging fruit, high-hanging fruit, and you have to do both. 
And and if you looked at at like training a salesperson, do you give them deals that may be a little bit easier to close to build that confidence? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 The, the the easiest way to get somebody out of a sales career is to just throw the hardest thing at them. <laughs> right. Now, having, now, having said that, there are some people that are just monsters, right? They ju- they are just some people that are cut from a different cloth and that you can throw in the worst environment possible and they'll still survive, sure. right? And obviously that survival will give them a certain level of strength and confidence. But in general, I don't think it's a good practice. So yes, if you bring in a new salesperson to your team, at the beginning, you want to, like, again, you want to keep a good balance. You don't want to just give them easy things because that's going to build false confidence. It's going to build a false construct of reality. They're going to, they're going to have expectations that are unrealistic. And then when they first adversity down the line, they're going to crumble. But you can't just throw them into the hardest deals possible. It's just going to fail, 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 and then be out. Right. So you want to have a nice balance where you give them Kind of, I, I would probably lean on a 60-40 or 70-30 ratio where you give them a good enough of success so that you build their confidence, you build their, their excitement, uh, you build up their, their motivation, and then you just throw in some challenging things in there. So they have to you know, struggle and fail and go, oh, shit, yeah, not everything is easy. Oh, shit, there's still more for me to learn. Oh, shit, I need to learn how to overcome that when a deal doesn't come through and come back because that's a very core skill in sales. What do you do when things don't work out? What do you do when you lose a big deal? Just like, what do you do when you win? Like, I want to see somebody in sales. Like, when people ask me, how do you know that somebody's great at sales? I tell them, work with them for a long while, right? Mm-hmm. And see if they're consistent. Like, what you, words you're never going to hear Stelly FT say, I just hired an amazing salesperson. Okay. I would never fucking say that. Never. I've hired... So many salespeople, I'm considered a sales authority. I don't fucking know if you're going to be great at sales or not. Only t- tell. So I want to see you, what you, how you deal with uh, the worst in the job, like when a big deal doesn't come through. And I want to also see how you deal when you have success. Are you going a little slower? Are you taking the next day off? Are you like, are you overly bloating your ego with it? Like both these things are tells in terms of your character and where you are in your development. So when you bring in new salespeople, you want to build them up and then you want to, you know, push them down a a little bit, nudge them down a a, a little bit. You want to build them up and then challenge them and have them struggle and, 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 and and be challenged. You want to build like you, it's a give and take. You want to, easy things at them and then harder things at them and and if you do that in a good balance you're building them up yeah i love it i don't think i've nodded so much during an interview so i (laughs) i totally (laughs) i totally hear you yeah no it's, it's great um man well thank you so much for coming on um where do we keep up with you clothes the podcast, everything that you're doing um, online. Yeah, yeah. So uh, first of all, it's my honor. I love your guys' podcast. So it's really a pleasure to chat with you. Thank um, you. So the, the best way to stay in touch with me is probably, I mean, there's a million ways, but you, if, you, if you're a listener, you have a very specific question or challenge around the emotional side of all of this, send me an email, steli, S-T-E-L-I, at close, C-L-O-S-E dot I-O. And let me know what the problem is. If I can help in any way, it's my honor and pleasure. You can, you know, follow me on Twitter at Steli. Um, you can listen to and follow me on the podcast, the Startup Chat Podcast. And then 
Just go to blog.close.io. We publish, I publish two to three blog posts a week. It's very, it's highly tactical and strategic advice for sales and startups. Um, there's a lot of good stuff there. Uh, so if you, if you found this insightful and useful, and if you need to raise your game on the sales side of things, uh, that's a really good place to keep in touch with me and to, to get some really great content. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Rocket Ship Podcast. If you enjoyed it, we have tons of other awesome episodes on our website. Check them out, rocketship.fm.